0: Kia ora koutou. I'm Philip Atoli and welcome to Insight. This week, New Zealand's gangs, what future lies ahead? The latest figures indicate gang membership could be rising again. In the latest budget, more money was set aside to increase the number of police focusing on organised crime and gangs. But are there other options? And just a warning given the topic of this programme, there is strong language and possibly upsetting themes. New Zealand's biggest patched gang is the mongrel mob, followed in numbers by Black Power. They're the two at the top of an official list of 34 gangs set down in anti-patch-wearing legislation, about 30 of which are thought to be active. In the last few months, that number has been added to, with a listing of the Comancheros, a gang that has established here as New Zealanders with criminal convictions are being told to leave Australia. But patched gangs in New Zealand have had a presence here for over half a century. Canterbury University's Dr Jared Gilbert is an expert on gangs and says the mob of today is very different to when it was first set up.
1: Most obviously that they were young. This was a young man's game when the gangs formed, you know, teenagers, early 20s, if you would have been 30, you would have been considered an, an old man. And without, you know, and, and young men tend to be quite vigorous. And so the violence within the gang scene was endemic. And remarkably, you know, they rallied under a swastika. Well, that sort of sums up what they were about. They weren't for anything. They were just against.
0: And against everything.
1: Most, and against everything, including, um, you know, mainstream culture and Maori culture as well, even though they were predominantly Maori.
0: This quote in the book True Red by Bruno Isaacs, a former member who later turned his back on that way of life, sums up the founding anti-social drive behind the mongrel mob.
2: If it was considered evil, bad and lawless, we embraced it as good. We were right even if we were wrong. We were good even if we were bad. The mob psyche may have made no sense to outsiders, but everything made perfect sense to us. Being a mongrel meant being able to do anything your mind could conceive. Any form of fantasy or debauchery you were able to dream up was acceptable.
0: In the early days, the gang came first, before everything else. A member of the mongrel mob in Porirua, Dennis Makaleo, says amongst all the violence, the mob first rules had serious implications for how women were treated.
3: We'll be honest, if if a woman came along, she'll know she'll be for all of us. Yeah. You know, know, and and, and that was accepted. I mean, like today, I mean, it's like. uh, I know, I know it's not nice to say, but that was the era. W- woman knew. Hey, yep. woman, you know, it wasn't like how... Today, it's like, you, you know, you're a bit of a sick <laughs> if you did something to a woman. What, 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 what a woman would be be wanting to give give up just to come into our doors and, you know, have a party and yep. stuff like that.
0: Lizzie Makaleo met Dennis when she was 13, a naughty 13, she describes herself, and she went to her first mongrel mob party at the same age, she says early on the mob lifestyle was a surprise. So it was
4: all about the male. It was all about, I guess, the staunchness. So I remember a lot of the bros were coming out of jail and coming into our home, and I, I just automatically knew my place, which was not by them. <laughs> um, always in the background, hosting, cooking. But um, and as we started having children too, the children were not to be anywhere and you know around or near the guys. It was my job to keep them in the background and keep them quiet, almost. Um, a lot of a lot of times there was like you you cook your Sunday dinner and you think oh yum you know you've got your big roast on potatoes and then a carload of the guys would pull up and you knew straight away oh you weren't going to get any of that that the bros had to come first and I me and the kids would go off to the fish and chip shop and have our fish and chips out in the car or something.
0: Now New Zealand has its own gang intelligence centre, a multi-agency organisation launched several years ago and based within the police. Its stated aim is to reduce illegal gang activities and to identify and offer support to the members and associates who want out. For the centre's manager, Kathy Toy-Cassidy, the
5: effect gangs have on this
0: country is significant.
5: It's a big issue. It doesn't just affect the gangs themselves and the members within it, but it's, there's a huge effect on family, there's a huge effect on community and New Zealand as a whole. Um, it's it's probably bigger than people realise and once we crunch the numbers on how much it's actually costing the country uh, the numbers are significant.
0: And the police minister Stuart Nash is in agreement.
6: Gangs have gone from predominantly men but not always who drank uh, too much alcohol, engaged in a little bit of mindless violence every now and again, and every now and again did something a little bit bad. You know, you'd you'd read of a random shooting in wire or something along these lines. So they've morphed into highly organised transnational organisations with business plans and business strategies that, you know, a, a lot of companies would be proud of. And after a
0: period of almost decline, the number of members appears to have started to increase. According to figures from the Gang Intelligence Centre, in April this year there were 5,785 identified members and prospects or those preparing to join. That's an increase of 1,500 on two years ago, although the Intelligence Centre says some of the change might be due to better information gathering. The Department of Corrections Chief Custodial Officer, Neil Beals, says the presence of gang members in prisons is also high.
2: At any given time, we've got about a third of our population who are um, known to us as gang members, affiliated with gangs. Um, That'll fluctuate to a degree, but roughly around a third of our population identify as gang members.
0: For safety reasons, corrections count a wider group than police that includes those associated with the gangs, as well as those patched or prospecting to join. And Neil Beals says they come from dozens of different groups.
2: We have, uh, on average, there's any time about 40 gangs that we will be looking at. Uh, the vast majority of our gang members form part of the big two, if you like. So you've got Black Power, who currently right now, we're sitting on just under 600 identified Black Power members, so 595. And then you've got Mongrel Mob, of which we're sitting just over 1,000 Mongrel Mob prisoners, 1,049. And then, ranging from uh, uh, bandidos, bloods, crypts, you know, I can go on and on, headhunters and on, and the numbers will fluctuate and
0: The Bay of Plenty has the largest concentration of gang members with more than a thousand in the area. There have also been new chapters or gang subgroups launched. At least some of those have openly been rejecting activities often associated with gangs, such as meth and family violence. Canterbury University's Jared Gilbert was given access to a patching ceremony in Hastings for a new group, the Fatherland. In what's thought to be a first, he recorded the event and the thoughts of those taking part.
1: So the preparations for a ceremony like this um, start weeks in advance. Um, And in this instance, Rugged has taken responsibility for creating the new patches.
3: Uh, Mate, you were busy at work. What are you up to here? Oh, sewing up um, a fatherland patch for our new chapter that we're starting up, that we're establishing. Who taught you to sew? I told myself because um, everyone was getting um, taking it into town to get them to make the make their patches, yeah. and I thought well, if i learn how to do it, then it means more, it means more to us if one of the brothers makes our patches instead of taking them to the shop.
1: So big day for Tamiana. He's been prospecting for quite some time, um, and today he gets his patch.
7: Oh, it's not an easy road, but yeah, I pulled through. Today's the day. How do you follow know? my my oh. follow my dad who passed away. My cook dog. Patched up with the Hastings. Yep. Follow my old man's steps. But what do you have to do to earn that patch? The mongrel mob is best part of your life. Yep. What does it entail? Just make sure the mongrels all all sick. Look so after them. You went and made the coffee before. Is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's part of the. That's part of it. Yep. yep. So anything for... they say, you do.
1: And a lot of people will think it's about crime. Is it about crime? Nah. Nah. Would you tell me if it was? Well. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, there there is crime, obviously, in the gang scene, but but is it not as much as people think? Is that accurate? Nah. Have you had any brushes with the law? No, I'm clean as a whistle. So Rex Timu, he's the boss of the mongrel mob in Hastings, or at least he was at the time. He's stepped up a bit since then. But when I spoke to him, he was on uh, home detention for assaulting someone in a dispute over cannabis. But he's adamant being a prospect isn't about crime and violence.
7: One will think, or oh, we you know that you have to do bloody crime and shit like that, but my, my bark to to these young ones these days is to uh, look after themselves, look after their families, and if they've got partners, look after them. If they've got kids, look after them. Look after our town. I'm trying to get into their, their minds, employment, education, if they want to head that way, or sports, or whatever.
1: Um, Has prospecting changed over the years, Rex?
7: Oh, Yeah. So this change came about, you know, ten, fifteen 15 years ago. Instead of beating our prospects up or telling them to do crime and dumb stuff around town, what I feel is, is better is, hey, if we look after the prospect and show them the right way of things, um, hopefully, you know, they'll bring that mindset of change.
1: Because we're at your house today, Rex. Um, ordinarily, we'd be down at the pad, I assume.
7: Yeah, yeah. Um, now, yeah.
1: why are we here? You know, why?
7: Yeah, yeah, so, so uh, you yeah, know, I'm on seven months bloody... Uh, on the bracelet. Usually, usually we have functions like this at our pad because um, it's better situated for it. Because
1: um... the, the Home D thing, obviously you recently started it. You, you came a bit unstuck.
7: Yeah, yeah no, shit happens. And... So the day's events
1: start with Tama, something of a kamatua in the Mongrel mob in Hastings. His ties with the mob stretch back for decades,
3: it was back in uh, back in the 60s when I suppose when my um, brother-in-law came home and said the judge had called them mongrels, so they had were going to be called, to be known as the mongrels. What does the mongrel mob mean for you? Mongrel mob means um, family, um, yeah, bigger connections. Because how long have you been with the mob for? I'm 62 years old now, I've had my uh, pets for about 50, um, 52 years, 53 years. So yeah, I've been in the wrong world for a long time.
1: Compared to what they were in the past, he now thinks the gang's are far better run.
3: Um, the gang is more organised now. Um, they have a better structure. Um, yeah, so they have a good structure in place, so, you know, things can only get better if you... Um, if you can do those things, um, you know, work things out on a, on a proper uh, table instead of just, you know, just pissed and uh, do the, make the major decisions that can ruin things. So there's a lot of diplomacy um, that goes on within the gangs now that never used to be there. So.
1: It's a big occasion. This is a big effort in the making and also it's expanding the brotherhood, so there's a real sense of excitement, a real sense that this is what the gang is about. You know, it's akin, I guess, to what ordinary folk might, uh, you know, the same sort of preparation and sense of excitement that people might have at a 21st or, or maybe even a wedding.
7: Before we start, I've got to ask our brother Bench from do our karakia, and our our kōnawai. See, see our hastings, though. Karakia team, How a new here he re tonga, haro da kahu, he re tonga, ta araro, tonga ngā kuri, ti hei mauri
1: Rex Timor says the idea of the new chapter ah, was on. talked about many years ago. He calls up one of the original presidents of the Hastings chapter.
8: Saka tu mateete! Tee Saka tu mateete! Tee fucking on
7: to the fatherly crew.
6: Back out! Listen up,
7: listen up. So, with the Fatherland crew, the foundation's already done. All he's had to do now is, is build your and make it strong. But we've got a strong foundation here, the Fatherland, with, with, the, with the support of the Hastings chapter and the Melbourne chapter, and we've got to kick off to Brisbane and, and possibly Adelaide. And but we all won. We all won.
1: So the, here's the big moment when, when the patches are handed out. So the vice president sort of hands the patch up to the president um, and then the prospect comes forward and he's, the patch is, um, is put on it. The president helps him on with his patch, gives him a hug and says, You're in.
3: But
1: back in the day often there were raising kind of ceremonies that, so, you know, there may be a bucket with um, old food, um, faeces, vomit and, and urine and things that's sort of thrown over a member. Those sort of, it's, it's cleaned up a lot in those days and you can see that just in the dress of people. The ridgies or the original clothing that used to sort of rot on a member and, and, and um, were, in fact, the older and the more ripped they looked, the, the cooler they sort of were. Nowadays it's far more clean cut, so the only, you know, the ceremony part of it, or the ceremonial part of it, is the drinking from the boot, and that's just a, that was, on in this instance, a combination of beer and
7: gin. Got my dad's ashes here. And how does it make you feel, man? Proud. Proud. Yep. Make me feel proud. Sick. Oh, here we go. About time, boy. He'd be, he'd be happy if that was his wishes. Me keep my poor on my back. Yeah. I love the Mong sick. Yeah. My other family. My family comes first, though, but Mong Mob, it's my family.
0: I'm Philip Atali, and you're listening to an insight program on gangs in New Zealand and their future. Sergeant Glenn Burrell has worked on the East Coast for most of his 20 years in the police. He's now with the Eastern District Intelligence Section, which keeps in close contact with gang members.
9: The team that I run at the moment, a number of my team, uh, up to five of them, all have different relationships with some gang leaders. And that's for the mutual benefit of um, all organisations in the community, I guess
0: and that's pretty important in a district with more gang members than anywhere else.
9: So at the moment we we reckon we've got about 674 patched um, gang members um, from 34 different gang chapters, which for, for our population is quite significant.
0: Along with the growing numbers, Sergeant Burrell says there's an increasing sophistication in drug operations that's placing a strain on police resources. And he says that's not the only area where the intensity has ratcheted up.
9: Uh, The other thing we're noticing with the gangs is the increase in violence, specifically around uh, the types of firearms um, that we're locating in search warrants and in incidents that we attend. So we're talking now, you know, fully automatic firearms and just the general quantity of them has increased. What we're finding, uh, certainly within the last 18 months, we've had seven new chapters develop within the Hawke's Bay. We've found that with these uh, newer chapters, there's newer leadership and this newer leadership is certainly taking um, the gangs into a new era of criminality, but also publicly into a new era. So we have, say, the Mangumwa Barbarians, for example, Within the last year, they've uh, really taken a stronghold in our district after only being formed maybe 18 months ago. Their membership is swelling up to maybe 30 or 40. Uh, They actively market themselves. So they monthly go on runs, and people, you know, public see them on the roads all patched up, all on their Harleys and in their cars. They're out at Waimarama Beach days. Uh, They go to Splash Planet and hand out merchandise. You know, so they're actively marketing their brand.
0: That strain on police resources is shown in the conviction rates associated with gang members. Information released by the Gang Intelligence Centre shows that from the current list of nearly 6,000 identified members or prospects, nearly 1,200 have been convicted of methamphetamine offences in the four years between 2014 and 2017. There have been nearly 5,000 assault and intimidation offences in that time, including grievous and serious assaults and 15 homicide convictions. In prison, the Chief Custodial Officer Neil Beale says gang members are overrepresented in violent offences committed while on remand or serving time.
2: In 2017, we know that uh, 61% of incidents involving violence between a prisoner on prisoner and prison assaults on staff, 61% of those involved a gang member.
0: Neil Beals says gang members on the inside complete rehabilitation courses successfully, but on release, he says they tend to reoffend at twice the rate and often more serious offences. As a local MP, Stuart Nash is aware of gang activities that are attracting new members.
6: Uh, along the Marine Parade there are barbecues where you can go along, you know, council barbecues where you, you, know, you cook your cook your meat and your steak and um, no beer but fizzy drink and this sort of care. It's a family place. In summer you will often see the mongrel mob down there and what I am told is this is all financed by P uh, and they put on a whole lot of food and a whole lot of entertainment and people think, what good guys, look what they're doing for the community. They don't realise the money that they're spending on doing this has come directly out of the community.
0: Cathy Toy-Cassidy of the Gang Intelligence Centre
5: says gangs are doing things in a different way. We're seeing um, gang members that we once may have seen in <laughs> movies with bling, and you know that, that's that's becoming um, something to strive for. Um, we're seeing an increase in transnational activity, and we're yeah we're just seeing a changing landscape. Things are things are definitely changing. It's very much profit driven as well. A lot of these changes. We'll still have our traditional gangs as well and traditional um, gang way of life as well. So it sounds like you're talking about drugs. Drugs, yes, drugs and uh, violence often comes with drugs. Yeah, definitely. Um, There's no doubt that uh, New Zealand gangs are... Uh, throughout the whole of the um, New Zealand drug market, whether it's production, distribution and also users. So, yeah, drugs is a, is a big motivator.
0: The government has moved to counter organised crime in the expanding prison population with more money for police, announced in last month's budget by the Finance Minister Grant Robertson.
2: We are also giving police and
1: customs the staff and resources they need to crack down on gangs and organised crime
0: and drug trafficking. Stuart Nash says a lot more resource will be directed toward gang activity.
6: You you simply can't go after gangs in a meaningful way when you've got four officers covering Gisborne, Napier, Hastings, and a little bit further north and a little bit further south. So that's why we've said we're going to put around about 700 officers into the organised crime squad. This is a massive increase in resource. So not only will these, uh, these men and women be responsible for going after the gangs, they'll also be responsible for going after their assets and their cash.
0: But at least some gang leaders present at the Fatherland patching talked to Jared Gilbert about rejecting meth or pee and family violence.
1: So Leon has been elected the first boss of the South Island chapter of the Fatherland They've only got a handful of members um, to form the chapter but all of their boys are in work and does this go against, I guess, the idea that the gangs are all about crime um, in 2018?
8: One of our members, is um, he installs uh, fire sprinklers in the big city here in Christchurch. Yep. He's come from Australia doing that. Another one's a full-time tattooist, yeah, in Queenstown. Another one, the rest of them are meatworks, yeah, all that sort of thing. What about you, Liam? What do you do? Me? I look after my kids, yeah, full-time father. Right. Yeah, but I'll probably get back into the working soon because they're due to start school. So I'll probably just go back to the freezing works. Is that what you came from? Yeah, I've done a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. But otherwise try and get our own bloody business cracking off, yeah. Your, your own business cracking up? Yeah, uh, my missus is starting a clothing line, so can i going to help her with that.
1: Yeah, And Richie's the boss of the North Island chapter of the fatherland, um, and he's got something to say about Pete.
8: Probably my main role, and uh, yeah, keep things and keep them out of the shit, keep them out of the, with the drugs and the shit, and uh, Yeah.
1: Yeah, the the police might say. I mean, because you say um, keep them out of trouble, keep them away from the, the 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 pee and all of this type of thing. The police would say that the you know that the gangs are up to their neck in that.
8: Ah, oh, cops was go. They're always going to say that, you know. And real, uh, well, we just don't really give. A I don't care a a about what anyone thinks. You know, we're just members. You know, we're just a part of a fraternity where we like to just do what we want to do, and we just want to be allowed to do what we want to do.
1: But I mean, it's a matter of public record. Of course, that there are a significant amount of gang members who do get involved in the drug trade. But, but are, you, are you saying that's a minority? Are you saying? Yeah, I'm you're saying
8: that's a minority. And what they do is, is as individuals, is that's your f-ing
1: business. But as a collective, we don't do that shit. Richie can't speak for all of the mob. He'd say that himself. Um, but as far as the his chapter of the fatherland goes, there'll be no P. The South Island boss Leon is on exactly the same page. No P there either.
8: Yeah, we can't be f***ed with the shit. Yeah, I can't. Especially younger members, older members. Yeah, we have got no time for it. So yeah.
1: would would that mean that in your crew, would there be a ban against it?
8: Yeah, definitely.
1: So 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 a, a zero tolerance.
8: Yeah, yeah. A zero tolerance for using me? Well, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I reckon um, we've had enough of a party. Yeah, so let's get on with things and yeah, shit. It doesn't do anything good for you. Yeah. Um, and because there's, um, there's an idea, of course, that well, um, and and
1: and based on a reality that the gangs are involved in the meth trade. Um, so, so okay, so you say you can't use it. What about if someone was making their, uh, making their money through it?
8: I don't know. They might do that on their own accord, but as a whole, nah, definitely not.
0: But the police minister, Stuart Nash, seems unconvinced there's any real desire in the country's biggest gang to change, even in part. I,
6: mean, I think if I said I want to eliminate all gangs, that's just unrealistic. What we really do want to do is go incredibly hard against the gang leaders who are responsible for these meth rings or, or drug rings. or. So there are no leaders
0: home. you can work with at any level?
6: Uh, look, I, I have, no one's approached me. Um, to say, hey, we do have an issue, we know there's an issue, and I want to work very closely with police and other social services as well. And I am aware of a life member of black power who's working very hard in this area. But, you know, we need to see evidence of this.
0: Sociologist Jared Gilbert accepts many mobsters are involved in meth, but he argues the gang involvement isn't as extensive as it's often portrayed. Gang
1: communities and gang members are far more criminal On criminally inclined, than the average Joe, right? This is not going to surprise anyone. It's obvious and it's true. But we can fall into a trap, I think. Um, Let's take drugs, for example. It's very easy to fall into a trap and say that, um, and we'll believe that, the patched gangs dominate the the drug trade in New Zealand. Um, Whereas the data just doesn't really bear that out.
0: Mane Adams from Black Power is strongly against meth. Trust
9: me, 30-something years in, in Black Power... I find it very hard to hate black power, but I hate P. Let me say it to my brotherhood: I love my brothers, but I hate P. I don't accept that amongst my brother, my family here, and I won't accept that. And so I hope our leaders declare this and understand that this is given in the way of a safer future for our brotherhood.
0: Dr Gilbert also flags the possibility of a return to the more violent past as the attractiveness of gangs appears to be on the rise and the new players are establishing their presence here.
1: They've actually become had a real resurgence, and many of the groups now are in quite rude health. Young, rebellious lads don't want to go and listen to ACDC and hang out with their dads. Um, they wanted something different. They wanted a different look. And they, needed, they needed the gang to offer something different, and nowadays the gangs are starting to do that. So we're seeing younger membership coming through, and so we're, so we're faced with this revival. And the, the concern there, of course, is that um, when a room gets crowded, um, eventually somebody gets elbowed. So a return to some of that violence of the past sort of isn't out of the question.
0: So what direction might gangs take now? Lizzie Makaleo can see change happening in some chapters, with women's groups getting involved in education, becoming visible and families being treated differently.
4: I see, even just locally, I see a lot of the whānau just getting together in the park and it's the kids and it's the siblings and it's the mothers or the grandmothers and everyone's just sharing car like whānau should I suppose it's that whole marae setting. There's a lot more of that going on um, rather than the woman just cook the kai and get out of the room, vacate, you know. Um, So,
0: yeah, in that respect, a lot has gone on. The sentiments being expressed by some gang leaders about some criminal behaviour is enough of a reason for Jared Gilbert to try to find a way to work with those ready to change, even if in the past, gangs have bitten the hand that feeds them.
1: We find ourselves in a unique position right now, and that is that... For the, really the first time in history, there is a significant drive within the gangs to better themselves in ways that we would really approve of. So in many pockets, um, they are preaching about reducing family violence. They want their kids to have a better chance that, that, than they had. In many pockets, they're talking about ridding communities of methamphetamine. What we need to do is the police continue policing, no doubt about that, but other social agencies now need to think about engaging with the gangs to see if we can't get some of those outcomes. You might say, well, we can't work with them, we just want them to bloody go away, close down. Well, they haven't closed down, they haven't gone away to this point. Chances are they're not going to.
0: Sergeant Glenn Burrell is behind the idea of working with the gangs with a goal of encouraging the positive.
9: And I guess communication is uh, it's a two-way thing, and... It's more so
0: enabling them and empowering them to do the right thing. And the sentiment is echoed by the Chief Corrections Officer, Neil Beals, who says the prison service has a gang engagement strategy as well.
2: Part of, I think, successfully working towards a better future for these guys is to understand their world more. And you can only do that if you engage with them. It doesn't mean that we endorse, support um, or encourage their lifestyle, but we do need
0: to understand it. Back at the patching, members are sent on their way with a word, or bark, about what's important in life. Brace, my bark is, Brace, look
7: after yourselves. Look after your whanus.
3: We are
8: members yeah. of the Mongrel Mob!
0: That programme was written and presented by me, Philip Tolley. Recordings of the Mongrel Mob patching ceremony were made by Canterbury University's Jared Gilbert. That's all from Insight for today. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join us again next week.